Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 75 here already. I can't believe we're at 75 episodes. And uh, we get to celebrate this uh, milestone with a Roma victory yesterday in Empoli. Uh, we're calling this episode Tammy Time in Tuscany because Tammy went to work yesterday in a 4-2 Roma victory over Empoli. Of course, in you know typical Roma fashion, it wasn't always the smoothest. But uh, how are you guys feeling today after uh, a pretty nice win? I'm feeling pretty happy with that. I mean, <clears throat> Mourinho said post-match that the reason why it ended 4-2 and not 4-0 is because he wanted to give the fans a little bit more to watch. Uh, but at the same time, you know, despite it being a, a tighter match than we might have anticipated halfway through, uh, I saw a lot of really great pro- positives from it. Yeah, I, um, I haven't enjoyed a first half like that in a, quite a long time. It's a shame that the game got a little bit closer at the end than we would have liked, but it was a great Sunday for me, at least in that first half. And then, you know, follow some great NFL football games after the match. Uh, it, was a pre- it was a pretty good Sunday. Yeah. And if, if, if Jose can make a joke about it after the match, I guess he wasn't too displeased because he's not one to make jokes when he doesn't like something. So I guess we'll take it. Uh, but our first question we're going to jump right in with Jim is uh, a kind of a combination of things we had, three different listeners asked the same pretty much question. Bello Samuel, Garibaldino, and Toti Frevs all want to know what pretty much caused this drop of performance in the second half. Is it have something to do with confidence or concentration, fatigue? What do you think? Is it maybe Mourinho reacting too late or some of the ideas they threw out there? I'm going to circle in on one thing that I think is particularly important, and that's fatigue. I think that there, it's, that's not the only reason why there was the drop in ability or you know quality uh between the first half and the second but i think it's a major one and you know the simplest way to look at that is with zaniolo alone um so i think that we can safely say after his performance yesterday that you know he's definitely looking to be back on the road to where he was as a player um if we can see matches like that from him on a regular basis i'll be thrilled um the one negative though is that you know 
playing 90 minutes is challenging for any professional football player, let alone one coming back from the types of injuries that he was enduring. So I don't think that we're going to be able to see him put in a full 90 at the level that we saw him put in, you know, I'd say probably about 50 or 60 minutes yesterday um, for a while, probably until the start of next season. I think that we have some similar issues with other key players in the squad. Uh, Enrique Mkhitaryan is another guy who, you know, is critical to the squad when everything's gelling, he's doing well. Uh, but the problem is he just does not have as much energy in the legs as he used to, you know, a decade ago when he was still playing at the top level. Um, and you can't really change that, but you can hope that certain younger players like, you know, Phil Felix, who looks like he will never run out of energy right now, um, are able to become larger and larger parts of the squad. I think that fatigue is a huge part of it. Uh, I would also just say that, you know, Empoli is a good offensive team. They have one of the worst defenses in Serie A, but the reason why they're mid-table after coming up from Serie B is because they have a really strong offense. And so I think that a 4-2 win should still be celebrated in Rome. It's, it sure seems like they're pretty happy with it. Yeah, I personally was expecting a bit of a tougher match. You've referenced the uh, Empley offense. And in the Q&A I had with um, um, Calcio supporter, uh, Jake, he's a big Empley fan. He mentioned some of the talents in that team. So the fact that Roma jumped out to 4 nothing Lee was a bit surprising. I think we take it. Uh, you know, obviously there's some questions about Roma's defense after this one. Pietro Rizzo on Twitter asked, do you think we need to reevaluate the quality of our center backs or is our lack of clean sheets just a mental aspect? I personally think it's a combination of things, you know, our center backs have their faults at times. We know Mancini, Banyas can have their, you know, mental lapses at times. Maybe they're, you know, Mancini is what he's going to be. A lot of people are starting to say now uh, Ibanez's high ceiling hasn't reached yet. But when you look at the, the praise that Mourinho put out for Kumbula recently, I think that's encouraging that he sees the improvement from him. Um, you know, I think three of the four guys are still growing. I think Mancini still has a little bit of room to grow too. Um, and Smalling is, is a solid veteran. So I think it's part, you know, little mental lapses for sure. Um, you know, I think the quality is there. I think Ibanez's quality has to be reached. I think Kumbula still hasn't reached his top quality. So there's going to be some growing pains with those two. They're still both pretty young. Mancini's still growing into his own a little bit. And, um, you know, you can't forget it's a team aspect without a true defensive mid. Sometimes they get caught in, in tough positions too. So, I, th I think it'll be interesting come the summer to see what Roma does with their defense. If they stick with the the core that they have, if Mourinho looks elsewhere, we'll see. Uh, but I think it's a combination of things for, for Pietro's question there. Uh, so moving on, we have, I'm going to make sure I say his name right this time, Kostuba. I believe I said it right. Harry Haran from the CDT message boards. Why is Roma so shit in the second half of so many matches, Brandon? Um, well, I'll just frame it in the context of, um, the last match where it's um why are, why are they shit holding on to a lead in the second half of matches which i think tends to be the the larger trend rather than how they play in the second half as a whole but particularly when they have a lead it's very it can become very concerning very quickly and you know jimmy um alluded to it when he was talking about fatigue and effort in the first series of questions and so not to rehash that point, I'll just add to it. Um, I think it's a it's a, a mentality thing, which obviously has been a major theme all season that Mourinho's talked about over and over again in his press conferences. And I think that, you know, the inability to 
either keep a lead or just to maintain control of the game in the second half. I think it speaks to that mentality, um, especially in conjunction with the fatigue, because then it only makes the mental side of things even more difficult when you're worried about keeping up your fitness levels and all that good stuff. So in terms of the, in terms of just why, you know, we've been the way we are, I think, I think definitely the mental aspect, but that's um, something that we know is uh, a problem area and what they want to tackle. So I think, over time, you know, we're going to, we'll see, uh, run the buck that trend a little bit. All right, moving on. We know Mourinho promised attacking football when he came to Roma and he's definitely doing so, but is it time to bring in park the bus when leading like we did with Juve and Empoli? Uh, Aristotle believes that would allow the team to focus more, whether they like it or not and to hit on the counter, which they seem to do really well. You know, I, I would just say that I'm not hundred percent sure that this team is built to park the bus in the way that you might think. I think that it's built to play a more offensively minded game. Uh, that's not to say that the offensive players aren't expected to track back, but I do think that we're more likely to see matches along the lines of what we've seen against Empoli than, you know, the draw that we had against Napoli a while back, where, you know, it was basically just, uh, pardon the language, shithousery for 90 minutes, <laughs> making sure that we got one point off of them. Uh, I, I just don't think this team is built for that. Uh, you guys can correct me if you think I'm wrong there, but I'm happy to have the attacking football. I think that when people have criticized Roma's style of play ever in the past decade or so, they've often said La Magica's gone. You know what I mean? Like the free-flowing attacking that we all really enjoy seeing this club have, uh, you know, is disappeared either for, you know, a short stretch of time or a longer stretch of time. And I'd much rather be winning matches and losing matches by a free-flowing attacking style of play, at least for this season, uh, than I would be with, you know, eking out 0-0 draws and 1-1 draws all the time. I, I, I'm, I, I think that we don't, unless we're really, like, close enough to getting, like, a Scudetto or something, I'd rather see us play beautiful football um, than be eking out draws. Yeah. Um, and then Sufyan asks, when is the last time Roma has not scored in a set piece? It's only been half a season. It feels like there have been a huge amount of goals scored through corners, free kicks, and the like. Why is that? I think that really just has a lot to do with the type of players Roma has in the team. Players that are good in the air, like Tammy, uh, Ibanez, Mancini, Small, and these guys could all get their, their heads on, on a free kick. Vertu and Pellegrini can deliver some good uh, corner kicks, free kicks. We've seen Pellegrini score directly. Um, and I think certain teams are just built well to score on free kicks and set pieces. And I think Roma is one of those teams and that's a benefit to the side because there's been, there were seasons in the past where I remember Roma couldn't score to save their life off of free kicks and the, the, you know, those set pieces. So certainly a benefit to this Mourinho side with the players that are there. Um, and our next one comes from Aeroplanino on the, the Twitter uh, message boards. He asks, is the three, four, one, two here to stay? Or rather, that was Zach on Twitter, and that was followed up by Eric Planino with uh, healthy defense. Finally, do you think we see three at the back for the rest of the season, especially with the return of Spinazzola? Uh, I'm starting to think we do because we saw Roma stick with that three-man back line yesterday. Uh, and, you know, his his team is pretty much intact, Mourinho. So you know, I, I was expecting to stick with the 4-2-3-1, but it seems like when the center backs are available, he's more than willing to go 3-4-1-2. Spinazzola coming back on the left, working him in with Vina, and now it looks like Maitland Niles is also an option left. Uh, they could really push forward with players like that. Cars door, but it seems like they have it now that Mourinho has um, 
these fullbacks that could also double as wingbacks, it really gives him some more options. And I think he likes the three center backs without that true defensive mid. It, it frees up his other midfielders to do something. So I think we do see it here to stay for, for a bit longer until he can get his defensive midfielder. Uh, and speaking of midfield, with Mickey, Pellegrini, and Ali all playing great, what midfield do you think Mourinho should play going forward when Pellegrini is back? So I think if we're doing our standard um, 4 2 three, one, I think there's room for all three. Um, Oliveira playing next to one of Bertu or Cristante, Pellegrini in the hole, and then, you know, Mkhitaryan out wide. Um, and the 3 4 one, two, it gets a little more complicated because essentially you have three players for one position. Two, if you put... Um, Oliveira in the middle too, but if you're if we're talking just that person in the hole behind the strikers, I think right now you got to keep Mkhitaryan. And I know, especially because we have evidence that he doesn't last the full course of the season, so you kind of ride with him um, while you can. Let Pellegrini work his way back into form, and then have uh, Pellegrini help you out for a strong start to the finish. So I think it, I think you know there's room for all three if we're playing in Mourinho's preferred formation, but it gets a little, it definitely gets a little trickier um, with the three or four, one, two. Yeah. It changes things up a bit for sure. Um, and speaking of players having an impact now that Oliveira is having an impact, Maitland Niles, we talked about talking about Felix Afenijan again and uh, it, um, <clears throat> AS Roma fan six feels like that he's Mourinho's shiny new toy. What are your thoughts of Afenijan so far? He's his skills are clearly raw, but he is exciting when he's out there. Only a matter of time before one of these long balls to him pays dividends. Yeah, I mean, I would say that watching Afenijan right now is kind of like watching Zaniolo when it in his first couple of appearances for Roma, in the sense that it's very clear that there's a lot of talent there, uh, but it didn't necessarily translate to goal scoring the moment he stepped foot on the pitch. And we've already had a brace from him, uh, and we've had other goals. You know, we're coming at important moments too, so. I'm pretty excited by what I've been seeing from Afenijan. I think that the biggest thing that he needs over the course of the next year is to hopefully, you know, knock on wood, avoid injuries, and also just get more minutes at top flight level under his, under his belt. Uh, there's a reason why he didn't go to AFCON this year, even though, you know, his national team wanted him there. And it's because, you know, the club and Mourinho both realized that he's going to be best served by playing consistently right now uh, for Roma, as opposed to, you know, going off to a tournament. And yeah, I mean, the way he's playing, he's definitely going to have a lot more chances to go to AFCON. And I'm pretty optimistic that he'll be scoring more goals. You know, he's already scored a good number for someone his age, but I'm, I'm confident he'll be scoring more goals in the year. Yeah. So going back to the, the newest additions for Roma and how that affects some of the young players in the side, AS Roma fan six asked, with the additions of Maitland-Niles and Oliveira having made such a difference in both midfield and in the depth, in his opinion, where does this leave some of the younger players like Bove and Darboe, who uh, is still at AFCON? I don't think it leaves them any worse off than they were prior to uh, Niles and Oliveira showing up. I think, um, you know, if you look at Mourinho's press conference after Oliveira was brought in, he said, they shift off four players who didn't play that much to bring in two who are going to play a lot. So I think what that means is that the guys who haven't been playing, you know, going forward are, are also not going to play. And I think, but I think for the youngsters, he's shown that he's willing to 
um, you know, give him a little more leeway uh, in terms of game time as opposed to the the Meyer Owls and the, the VRs of the world, even though both young players on their own, but in their own right. But um, I think for Bove and uh, Darboe, we'll still see them make their cameos here and there, get some minutes, and hopefully have a more um, you know, uh, extended role in the team come next season. But I think it, the the arrivals of Niles and Oliveira don't really impact that at all. Yeah. And speaking of Niles and Oliveira, we had uh, a submission pretty late from No Toti No Party. So I'm going to take this one. And he said, uh, thanks again for asking uh, for our questions. It's appreciated. Did you guys expect such a big impact on the team from our two new players? It is pretty amazing how we talk about players having to adapt and having a long getting used to period in Roma, but both have had an immediate impact, especially Oliveira. You think it's because they are handpicked by the coach, so he knows how to use them and adapt quickly in his system, or is their own personality and quality or both? What's the secret for them to fit in so well from day one in Rome, go straight onto the pitch and have a real impact? And then he wants to know if, he, if we think Maitland-Niles is going to be our starting uh, left or right back, and do we still expect him in the midfield? What do we see him doing on the regular basis? I think part of the acclimation process being speedy for Oliveira is he's, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. I think, you know, the Portuguese connection is there with Mourinho, so the communication can can flow pretty easily. Patricio is there, also a Portugal teammate with of his on the national side. And uh, he's just a, a classy player, as we've seen in the first couple of matches. So class carries over from league to league, um, especially a veteran of his sort who's not going to mentally, uh, you know, lose it at the, 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 the first goal conceded or whatever happens to Roma. And then I think Maitland-Niles, I think it could be that, you know, he's a kid who is hungry for minutes. He's in a position uh, at fullback where he can, or even wingback now that he can express himself a bit. He's getting a chance to play. Mourinho, I, I was a little surprised to see him starting a left back over Vina yesterday. I did not expect that to be coming so soon. So, yeah, I think part of it is Mourinho worked with Pinto to identify players that he felt could fit right away. And so far, so good, I think, in the results we've seen from them. Um, and And that's really... You know, it's so important to what Rome has been doing the past couple of weeks and getting some results, having these guys step up and we'll see how far it carries them. And if it continues, you know, hopefully it's not just, you know, taking the league by surprise and people catch up. So we'll see. Uh, so we'll move on to the Mercato based questions. Now we have a few of those with a week left in the Mercato. Roma has brought in the two aforementioned players, shipped off a few players on loan, Calafiori, Reynolds. Uh, VR, Meyer, all are gone. So those are the four players Brandon was referencing as having gone um and bringing in those two players that have played a lot and it looked like they will be a big part of the plan so uh just jeet walia from twitter asks do you think we need a new central defender in place of smalling or mancini someone uh, of a top level like bremer who could help us have clean sheets or see the game off because he personally thinks that we have four good defenders but none exceptionally talented and consistent um i don't i don't think we necessarily need a new defender i kind of referenced this earlier but I wouldn't say our, our defenders aren't exceptionally talented. I think Ibanez has a lot of talent. I just think the consistency is his issue. Um, you know, I think Kumbula has talent. He showed it under um, Juric at Hellas. The interesting part to me is he brings up Bremer's name, who has been pretty much a revelation this year at Torino. He's playing for Ivan Juric. So I wonder how long of an acclimation period he would have if he goes to a Roma or Milan or some of these clubs linked to him. So I think if somebody goes in the offseason, I think it's either Ibanez for a big money move or Smalling because he's a veteran. They move on and they bring in another game ready player, not a youngster. So we'll see. I think that's more of a summer aspect, though, that Roma would address. It's not going to be something they addressed in the last week, the Mercato. 
So moving on to other positions, do you think Roma needs a new backup keeper? I know Fusato is there, but he hasn't been anywhere near Roma standards. And also consider that if Rui gets injured for a month or two or more, Fusato played one game this season that underperformed expectations. And again, that's from Jezjeet. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the sentiment that there's a need for a new backup keeper. I've never really been on the Fusato train. Apologies to his fanboys out there. Uh, but to me, he's just never seemed like he had the quality. And I think that a lot of people were hoping he would be Ali Sons 2.0 just because he was a guy you hadn't heard of from Brazil. <laughs> um, uh, to me, whenever I've seen him play, he just has not been impressive. However, I would say that along with a center back, it's just not really a concern for the winter window, maybe in the summer. Uh, and then alternatively, you know, from what I've read, the Primavera has been churning out pretty decent goalkeeper prospects. So worst case scenario, I, I would love it if we put an 18 year old between the sticks, but at the same time, if Rui's out for the long term, I think we're going to have bigger concerns than just, you know, is our backup adequate? I think we're going to, that, that would be like a five alarm fire type situation for the club, just because of how important Rui's been this season. Yeah. Agreed. And, and like the, the question in reference, Fusato's played one match and it's very underwhelming and there's not really any matches now that you can risk him underperforming either in the league or the Copa now that we're up to the quarters or into the conference league and the knockout rounds, it's, it's pretty much really robust and uh, it, it could get interesting if he gets hurt. So let's uh, cross our fingers and our toes and hope nothing happens to him. So um, speaking of players that maybe will be on the way out, just just ask one more question. Should in the next window Perez be sold for someone better to cover up and provide competition? Yes. Next question. <laughs> there you <laughs> no, go. Moving but, um, on. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think, um, yeah, that, I mean, right wing's been a, an area of concern for a lot of fans of this club. Um, I've seen on Twitter many a person asking if we're going to be bringing in a right winger um, in this window. So I think that's always something that the team um, has been looking to improve on already. Um, and then as for you know Perez himself, he really hasn't cut it since he arrived, and he's shown flashes here or there. And you 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 know at a point earlier in the season, we all thought that he was. Um, going to become Mourinho's super sub because it seemed like they got on well enough and that really hasn't panned out either um, aside from the occasional start here or there from him for him so certainly in the summer you should look to offload him I think if a good offer came in this window I would even think about um, selling him off particularly if you can bring somebody in to replace him but definitely in the summer I think he's going to be one of those prime candidates to um, see the exit door. Yeah, and I wonder if that's part of the reason why Mourinho is going with more of a, a 3-4-1-2 look is because he doesn't have the wing play that he has for needs, particularly for 4-2-3-1, if Zaniola really is better going through the middle and Mkhitaryan's better going through the middle. Maybe the wing backs fit this team better than the wings do right now because really the only other winger is El Shirari on the squad, and he's been uh, in and out of the trainer's room. So it should be interesting uh, if Mourinho really wants to construct a 4-2-3-1 moving forward. Uh, Bello Samuel asks, do you think we will be able to get all or some of Diawara, Fusato, and Santone out this window? Yeah, I do. Um, I think Fazio, you know, it really seems like he's going to be headed off to Salernitana in the next week or so. But, you know, stranger things have happened for all of these players regarding, you know, getting them out the door. Uh, so I won't be surprised if none of them are gone. But at the same time, the frequency and pace which, with which we're seeing rumors for Fazio and Diawara in particular to be leaving make me think that something could actually happen as for Santon I, I really don't know I he he I saw rumors also linking him to Salernitana Walter Sabatini seems intent on you know like cleaning up after 
Roma's other Roma's other DS's mistakes, which I mean, I'm grateful for. Uh, but at the same time, I, I expect two of three to be gone, but I also wouldn't be surprised if not, if they all were around in February. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either if they're still around. Uh, I'll take the next question. It's from Jajit one more time. He asked us a lot of Mercato related questions. Do you think we could take out Deadwood this window and be able to sign Kamara? For me, Kamara is the technicality and personality to get us up top. He can play as defensive midfielder and also center back in a back three. Short answer, no. Uh, I think Kamara, that ship has sailed. If he hasn't agreed to a deal to Roma by now, I don't think it's happening. He knows the Premier League money is uh, waiting for him come the summer on a free transfer and I don't, I don't think he's going to take a contract from Roma at this point, even uh, if it's like guaranteed, you know, 4 million or whatever Roma might ask uh, offer, he might get eight in the premier league on the open market. And why would he want to take that right now? I think he's in a position just like when we see these NBA and NFL players getting close to free agency, they want to reach free agency agency so they can make their choices and, and get the, the most money. And I think that's the position he's in at this point. Um, one more from uh, Twitter, wear your mask. We have no depth at center attacking mid right wing and DM would like to see what our targets could look like in the summer. What sort of budget we're looking at. I would disagree with the central attacking midfield position because when you have Pellegrini, Mkhitaryan, Zaniolo, uh, Oliveira, all these kind of guys can play in that attacking midfield role, three quartista type role, um, right wing. Brandon just mentioned it with Paredes. That's going to have to be addressed. DM. We talk about all the time. That's going to, have to be addressed. So I think those positions especially will be addressed. What sort of budget we're looking at, I have no idea. I think that depends on what the Freakins are willing to invest, what position Roma finishes in this season, what kind of uh, European money we could be looking at or not looking at. So I think there's a lot that goes into that. That's something we can't really answer. And what's going on with Diawara? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. He's been linked to a couple of clubs. We'll see if he's uh, out the door or not in the next week. Um, last one on the Mercato. There were several rumors weeks ago or rather there was a rumor several weeks ago that Mkhitaryan would leave for Russia in order to get his last big contract. He was not performing well at the time at his age. Should we give him another contract or let him go? Has Oliveira been selected to replace Mourinho uh, experience and calm decision-making in the midfield role. Uh, that's from Jose's Roman adventure on CDT message boards. So I'll tackle the second part of this question first. I don't think he's been selected to replace Mickey. You know, they've, you know, they've been playing together. Um, and I'm sure they'll be on the pitch at the same time for uh, a majority of the season going forward. So it's hard to say that, you know, Oliver was brought in to replace Mickey. And on top of that, Oliver's already, what, 29 years old. Mickey's just turned 33, I believe. So it's really not so much of, um, you know, a, a replacement that Roma wants to bring in for Mkhitaryan. It's probably a younger player um, with a little higher ceiling than Oliver has. There's, he's performed so far, and I've, you know, loved all of his performances up to this point. But I think with the way, um, you know, Roma's finances are, the budget that we usually have to work with, I think it'd be a little uh, more short-term thinking to if you had brought in Oliver to replace Mickey. As for um, giving him another contract or letting him go, I think uh, it's time to bid adieu to Mkhitaryan um, just because, you know, as I just mentioned, he's 33 years old. Um, he's not getting any younger, so it's probably time to to let him go, save save the money on his wages, and invest it into a younger player with higher upside. Um, I would, you know, the 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 Bill Belichick school of thought where you'd rather get rid of them a year earlier than a year late. Um, I think that's probably what should apply here. 
Yeah, I don't think he was the replacement for Mkhitaryan. I think he, in some ways, replaces Vera two more in the starting eleven at this point. I think uh, he's calmer on the ball, cooler, more collected. You know, he might not make those runs into the box like Vera two does, but I think we have other players that can do that. And I, that's who I see him possibly replacing, especially if Vera two ends up at like a Newcastle, like he's been linked to come the summer. Um, yeah, and and I agree with you, Brandon. I think Mkhitaryan thirty three. If his contract's up, you let him go. You know, thanks for the three three plus seasons that he really contributed quite a bit to Roma that was struggling in many ways. So, uh, but you can't keep thirty three year olds around for very long. And I think Smalling's going to be in the same boat once his uh, deal starts running running thin. Um, so let's look ahead a little bit. Roma's going into the international break. You know, some of the players will be with their national teams in like training camps. I know Cristante got called. Um, I think I saw Mancini. I don't know if Mancini was. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. A couple of players will be playing, not matches in Europe. The matches are in South America, North America, and I think Asia has some qualifiers. So Matias Vina will be involved in some matches for Uruguay. But outside of that, not too many players actually playing matches for Roma. So Mourinho should have a lot of his squad available to train with, to get ready for the upcoming schedule. And um, we have a question from Jurosity on the CDT Masters Boards. Now that Tammy is at 10 goals, uh, in the league and seven in cups. What do his totals look like in May? Are there any players in the current squad you see having the potential for an unexpected breakthrough this spring, such as Wunder a few years ago? So Brandon, I'll let you take the whole question. Then Jim and I maybe could throw in our Tammy goal predictions too at the end. Sure. First of all, I just want to give a special shout out to Mario Balotelli for making his long way to return <laughs> to the national team. I'm hoping uh, we get some good moments from that, but um also, I have to pat myself on the back a little bit here. I think in our uh, pre, uh, preseason um, roundtable, I predicted a 20-goal season for Tammy, and uh, he's well on course for that. So I think, you know, come May, I'm going to stick to my guns and stay around the 20-goal mark, which would be, um, you know, for a player first time in a new league, new language, all that good stuff, that'd be pretty remarkable uh, return um, there. And I think for who's going to have a breakthrough in the spring, I mean, it's a boring answer, but Zaniel is probably the easy money pick there just because he's been showing flashes. And I think once he, you know, he got his goal um, the other day. So I think it's going to start clicking real soon. And he's obviously capable of putting the team on his back. So I think he's probably the prime candidate I'd go with. That's a good shout. Um I like the Zaniola shot. It wasn't a name that immediately jumped to my head because he's kind of an established player, but considering where he's coming from, I think that's a good shout for a breakout player. Um, you know, I, because there's not a lot of young players on the Roma roster who haven't broken through, I think. Uh, Jim, I don't know if you have any breakout player prediction. Um, maybe you and I could throw our Tammy goals out there. One stat just to reference, I saw, speaking of Tammy and his goal scoring, I sent to the guys uh, when I saw it yesterday. Since the beginning of November of last year, so the past about almost three full months now, only Robert Lewandowski with 14 goals has scored more than Tammy Abraham's 13 out excluding penalty kicks. So Tammy's on quite the run of form. 13 of his 17 total goals in all comps have come in the last two months and three weeks or so. Uh, you know, that that's quite the haul. And I think if you look at him, I say league goals, I'm looking at him probably finishing around the 16, 17 mark right now with his 10 and maybe 25 overall between uh, Conference League, Copa Italia. If, if Roma could win a couple of matches in the Conference League, maybe he could push that to 27, 28, I'm thinking. Yeah, if Roma goes deep in ECL and the Copa, then I could see him getting to 30 goals all competitions, honestly. Um, 
my expectation for him for the league is probably somewhere between like 18 and 22 with like 20 being that sweet spot. I think he's showing an ability to score, you know, we call him Tammy two goals. He's been, he's been uh, scoring multiple goals a game at times. And when you're able to do that, they can rack up pretty quickly. Uh, as for who could be a breakout player, if uh, Zaniola is off the table and he is my first choice, I'm going to go with uh, Nikola Zalewski uh, as my other one. Cause I've only heard good things about him when I've seen him on the pitch. Uh, he's been impressive. And yeah, I, I honestly do think that he has a decent amount of potential too. Uh, he's already been capped for the Polish national team. And uh, just in general, there seems to be a energy around him that he will be, you know, getting, getting significant minutes in the spring. That's my guess. And I guess if I had to go somewhere besides Daniel, I'm going to go with Felix. I don't know why his name didn't come to my head before, but he seems to be the guy that's got kind of an inside track to be a breakout player in the second half. Jim talked about him earlier in the show and he's getting the minutes from Mourinho already. So if he can start to chip in a couple goals, you know, and we go back to a four, two, three, one, there could be some wing minutes, maybe, you know, filling in for Zaniolo off the bench could, could have an impact. Uh, a couple of questions left as we start to wrap up, still looking ahead. Uh, are there any top five teams that might falter down the stretch? Atalanta has had a shocking number of zero zeros recently, but it's hard to count them out. Napoli has OCU and back, but Spalletti's prone to mid-season swoons. Uh, Milan. So that question came from the CDT message boards. It's tough if you're if you're asking if the top five might falter in the sense that Roma could catch up to the top five and maybe into the top four. I think Roma's dug themselves a bit of a hole. Atalanta, very surprising the last two weeks with uh, zero zeros against Inter and Lazio. Not surprising that they drew those matches. I was very shocked, especially that the Atalanta-Lazio match went zero zero. I would have expected, you know, uh, at least three, four, five goals in that match. So I think teams will stumble a bit, but I don't know if Roma has enough to stumble less and make up the ground in the, in the hole they've kind of dug themselves in. I think that's the issue Roma would have if we're talking about top four chances. But I think all those teams are vulnerable. We, we've talked about it on other episodes. Jimmy's talked about it. We've all talked about it. Uh, I think the only team that is not going to stumble is probably Inter, and they're, they're on the inside track for the Scudetto. And uh, we'll hope that Roma gets the most out of their roster and at least makes it interesting down the stretch for us. So um, Tarnier from uh, Twitter, he says, our best chance for a trophy in ages is this, is this conference league, in his opinion. Would the Freakins go all out for it or gamble on European classification in Serie A, Jim? Yeah, I, I don't think that they're going to be thinking about this in terms of one or the other. I think the goal obviously has to be at least top five plus winning ECL. Uh, if you look at the clubs that are left in ECL, I, I think it should be relatively feasible for Roma to get at least to the final. And I mean, not to not to kind of down downplay how terrible last season was, but you know, despite how terrible last season was, Roma still got to the semifinals of the Europa League, and the, the team has not changed changed drastically from that squad so I would I, I think that it's feasible for Roma to be both looking for the final looking for winning the ECL and also you know trying to get into that top five top four in Serie A I don't really know what we would need for the Freakins to go all out for it um, just because you know I, I think that they've shown a willingness to spend period and, you know, depending on who leaves in the next week or so, we could even see another midfielder be coming into the squad. Uh, so I, I think the Freakins have already shown an indication that they want to invest. And if that investment results in winning ECL and getting good placement in the league, I'll be happy. 
Yeah, I don't think it's really up to the Freakins at this point. Like you said, they've made their investments. It's up to Mourinho. And you know Mourinho is going to try to win every competition he could possibly win. I think he's going to go all in on Conference League when it comes back around. I think he's going to go all in on the Copa Italia when they face Inter. Uh, that'll be their toughest uh, feat is to knock that team out. If you knock that team out, you might have a chance to win the Copa Italia, which is also another way of getting automatic uh, Europa League qualification. I believe the Conference League, the carrot is the Europa League qualification, which for many of the smaller teams around Europe, that's like a big, big to do for Roma. Your Europa League qualification may not be seen as a huge thing, but a trophy is. And um, I, I, like I said before, I don't know if top four is, is, is within the realm of possibility. So I don't know if that's the European qualification that Tarnier is uh, talking about, but I'll throw one last question out to you guys. This is from Untesta di, use your imagination on the last word there for those of you that speak Italian. Um, would you rather win Roma win the Conference League or finish top four and get Champions League qualification? What would you guys prefer? We need to beat, we need to break the duck. I'm sorry. We need to beat that, break that trophy duck of not having anything since like 07, 08. And so to me, I would rather have Roma win the ECL and get into Europa League that way and not make the Champions League than, you know, finish top four. Because you don't, you don't get a trophy for finishing top four. If you, if you did, um, Roma would have a lot of trophies from the 2010s. I'm going to say F the Conference League. <laughs> going all in on the top four finish. I miss seeing Roma on Champions League nights um even you know even if we don't perform well just you know the whole um atmosphere everything that goes into those games is just there's nothing really like it so um I know we've had such a long wait for a trophy but this particular trophy would be the equivalent of the bonsai for me um (laughs) which you know is not the case for everybody but I think you know for me it's a top four no question I would pick yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get tired of the bonsai memes from Lazio fans like Jerry Mancini, who, who I go back and forth with sometimes. But um, I have to agree with Brandon. I think the, the Champions League magic, it just has like an aura around it when Roma's playing on those European nights, even when they end up losing a lot of the time against some of the bigger teams from around Europe. I think just going to some of these stadiums like Old Trafford and Stamford Bridge and the Bar- Bernabeu just has like that aura where Roma, you feel like you're watching, like Roma's the top side. Um, and I think the other thing is the money Roma can get so much more money that the freakins are willing to invest. And as much as it'd be nice to win a conference league trophy that I'd rather win a Copa or get into the top four, I think at this point, just because I think the money talks and for Roma to be looked at seriously by a lot of players that they might want to attract. I think, I think champions league has more pull than a, a, a conference league trophy with Marini around. He could say, I've won this champions league. Let's get the team together to make a deep run and try to win the league. I think. So that's our the the whole bunch of user uh, listener questions. We thank you guys for getting them in. We're just about out of time today. Uh, it's probably gonna be a little bit of a quiet week uh, at CDT because it is international break. Italy doesn't play. None of the big European countries play. So uh, we'll keep an eye on all the Mercato rumors that might be popping up. The guys will throw anything out there that uh, might you know surprise. Maybe next week we record a Mercato wrap and. You know, somebody else shows up at, at the Trigoria doors and Marina's got another shiny new toy to play with. Maybe Diwara, Fazio, or Santone find their way out. Who knows? Uh, you know, anything closing thoughts for you guys? Mbappe, free transfer. Let's uh, let's make it happen, freakins. <laughs> no, but um, I have a latest edition of three things coming out tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. But um, that's about all I have in the pipeline right now. 
And my main thing to say is that, look, man, guys, I, I appreciate what you're saying about the finances of getting Champions League money, but I, I'd much rather see, you know, Lorenzo Pellegrini lifting a trophy at the end of the season than, you know, get a little bit more money in the bank account and then get, you know, slapped around by Real Madrid again next year. Like, come on. Like, if I have to choose between seeing Roma actually win something and seeing them have a license to lose to super clubs, I, I'm taking the wins. All right, there you have it. So let us know what you guys think on the message boards and on Twitter, and we'll talk to you guys again soon.